Hey, you guys. Happy New Year. I'm just letting you know that um, me, Jackie Angel, I started a new podcast called the Memorize Scripture Podcast because as Catholics, we're like known notoriously for not knowing scripture. And the kind of the theme of the scripture um, podcast is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, which is Colossians 3.16. And I just love that. Like letting the word really dwell in us means that we have to memorize scripture. And when you memorize scripture, the, something that I've been doing for, I think since I was 18, when I was a young apostle at a Steubenville conference, they made us do this. And it has changed my life because now I can recall scripture in all times of my life, whether it's my own personal prayer, times that I'm like struggling and times that are going beautifully great. I can recall scripture with my kids when I'm giving talks, when I'm doing apologetics, whatever it is. Memorizing scripture is so beautiful. So this is for anybody. This is for moms who want to teach their kids scripture. This podcast is like super short, two to five minutes a week. It's a weekly scripture. There's a theme every month and every week the scripture will get more difficult and then every month it'll reset to like easy. So if you only want to do the easy ones, great. But this is for teachers who want to use it with their students. This is for young adults. This is for Catholics of all ages who just want to let the word dwell in them. So it's called Memorize Scripture Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple. If you um, comment or like it, it'll help to get it more seen because when I like looked it up, I like, didn't even appear. I'm like, oh, it's not even there. So anyway, share it with your friends. You can do this with anybody. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Memorize Scripture Podcast. Thank you guys. Hi, welcome to Conversations with Jackie and Bobby. I'm Bobby Angel, one of your hosts, and today I have the great honor of having Sister Tracy Duga. Welcome. Thank you. It's we, good to be here. We go back a ways. A little. I know. 2005, I think I was a whippersnapper in college. Yes, you were in college. Second year, and yeah. just goofy, not knowing what God was going to do with me, and was discerning the Dominicans, and we met at this big college conference. Yeah. Orlando? It was, it was Florida. It, yes. It was Florida. I don't remember the acronym. I don't even know if the. I think I do. It was SCRC or SC something C. SCCX <laughs> something CS 590 OC 1080. And you were just such a bundle of joy and mm. so patient with, uh, well, first of all, you have to have a love for young people. Mm -hmm. to be in like the college ministry space. Mm. And so you just, and even knowing like God plays the long game with our lives. Oh, that's a good, mm, yeah. Yeah, we could stop there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, I don't know. Mm. I was, at that point, I was all in on the faith. I was reading mm. Scott Hahn in the college cafeteria. Wow. I was finally asking questions like, why do we believe what we believe? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you just were so joyful. And I would just remember like, oh, I want, I want that. Like I, whatever mm -hmm. our, our vocation I'm called to, I want that, that joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I think I was um, professed by that point, I was professed perpetually mm -hmm. for two years. And um, so I was still young. <laughs> and so I, I, I knew that young people, especially college students, were so um, foundational to witnessing to me mm about the coolness of, of following the Lord and being a disciple. And um, they, they kind of intervened in my own life. And so I knew that. And so coming out of that place, um, just how port important it is to be introduced to human beings who are um, living in the world, but have this place of uh, like a source of joy and a peace 
that the world doesn't give it that way. And um, so, yeah, that that always set my heart um, ready to show up wherever I needed to, to be kind of that witness for somebody else. Yeah. So fast forward. We just jumped in the deep end right there. Yeah. Fast forward now. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an adult. And, you are? And I, well, I have a house. I have children. Yeah. And um, you, you're doing ministry here in the area for the parish we go to. Mm-hmm. And I just like, if there's any way we could have a conversation, get her on the show, it'd be awesome. Yeah. And so let's let's back up. And, and who are you? Okay. Sister Tracy, who are you? Who are you? So I, I um, was born and raised in South Louisiana. And I'm raised Catholic, uh, but it was just sort of like the thing that Cajuns do. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, you know, it's so, because it's cultural, it's just who we are. But it was never something that I can say that I had, um, an, I identified with. Um, it was just that thing that we do, and that during Lent is a real drag because you got to do more stuff. But you got all the seafood. Yeah, so Fridays were never a bad Never day. a sacrifice. Yeah, it was like we just made Fridays last longer even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, let's do it on Tuesdays too. <laughs> so yeah, um, seafood is is never a problem for a Cajun. Um, but it, it was, I would say, backing up, um, the Lord had ways of, of um, baiting me, <laughs> like tossing bait. Seafood theme. Yeah, there we go. Um, so the first bait, I think I... I nibbled on was um, when I was about eight and I had a major uh, head injury that it was at school. I fell and um, woke up out of major surgery. I had a subdural hematoma. Um, And if you look real close, you can still kind of see my scar. It kind of goes around. But what happened was um, I woke up out of this uh, terrible thing and my mom explained that, you know, thank God you're okay. You know who I am. You know my name. You remember your name. Because yeah. <laughs> they were telling her that all the factors, there wasn't, there weren't good, uh, it wasn't a good outlook. So as she's explaining though, what happened to me and I realized like, oh, I almost died. Um, this real deep clarity came over me. I realized like mom couldn't protect me from that. And then God was like, but I did. Mm. And even just being eight, you know, kids have a deep sense of God naturally. And I connected to it. And I was like, he's real. Mm. And, but it dissipates and, you know, life is what it is. And um, so in high school, I really had a struggle um, just connecting uh, with other people um, because I had this idea, all the ideals that the world would say that make you happy were not like factoring out in my life. Like I wasn't um, super successful. I wasn't popular. I wasn't um, who everybody else wanted to be. I wanted to be everybody else. And so I wanted to become that person. So I kind of like set myself on this course of just um, defining my own value and making my own worth. And it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I would go to the mall, I would get my clothes, I'd come home, I'd be so happy. Two days would go by and it was like, I never, the clothes disappeared. Like it didn't seem so great anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I was just always striving. And um, every time I would reach a goal, 
there something else would show up and I just felt like, oh, here we go again, you know? So it was in the midst of that kind of confusion that I um, had a crush on a boy and really thought that like, if I date him, then I'll be okay. Then I'll be happy. And um, he was Baptist and we did go on a date and probably second date. He started telling me about his his relationship with Jesus. And number one, I was like, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And number two, he started telling me about how he spoke to Jesus. And I remember saying to him, the way he said it, I was like, what do you mean? You talk to him? He's like, yeah. I was like, does he talk to you? And he's like, does he talk back? Yeah. And he said, yes. And I was like, but what does he say? And that just sort of, again, almost whatever that little knowledge or connection with God when I was eight, it's like it got, it got nudged again. I got shaken up and I realized how much I wanted that. And, um, so that night I went home, told my parents I was home and I went back into the living room. It was pitch black dark and we didn't have like a coffee table, but we had a big living room. And I remember kneeling in the middle of the floor and going, so I hear you talk to people, God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk to me? Can you show me what, um, why I'm not happy? Can you help me? And I developed a relationship. I started praying, and it started changing me. And long story short, um, I met a girl who wanted to become a nun. I had seen a nun in a movie. And again, not knowing that much about nuns, just the idea that like my heart was like moved when I saw people who were following Jesus, like there was something about it that was super attractive. So I, I pulled her aside and I'm like, tell me what you, what you, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? How could you, how could you live without like a family? How could you live without a boy? <laughs> and, um, as she talked, I just felt myself calming down. And God going, you don't have to figure all this out now. Mm. I will show you if you just trust me. I met, eventually met the daughters of St. Paul. And um, again, my catechesis was so poor that it was like they were speaking Greek and I was still like waiting for English. <laughs> but it was like God was like, you don't need that. What I remember feeling was very much at home with them. And that was sort of, um, that was what I needed. So I kept visiting and eventually joined. So I delight that it was like through a boyfriend that yeah. this. I, yeah, God is sneaky. This, yeah. God is very sneaky. Tricked you. Yeah. So you didn't come out of the womb and with a habit. I know. I wasn't born as a baby nun. It's, and being Catholic it's like, you know that, like nuns and priests don't just come out and they yeah. know, but at the same time, like, it's kind of a mystery <laughs> who, like how people get from point A to point B. And so there, sometimes there's this assumption of like, well, you must have always known. Mm -hmm. Part of that journey was I, I saw a movie with a nun in it mm -hmm. and it wasn't, um, it wasn't Sister Act. Sound of Music? Nope. It was this very bizarre movie where it just it was a actually a detective movie about um a murder okay and so in the movie um there's a nun and the actress was a beautiful young woman but the image of a sister and my experience of 
of the faith and of young people was this generosity that they loved the Lord so much that they could they could forego because I was also evangelized by NET, the National Evangelization Team. Mm-hmm. They came to our parish. And in that experience, I saw young people who had given a year of their life to just travel around in a bus, live out of a bus, eat lasagna practically every single day, um, stay with host families, like all of these sacrifices for something that was not even for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so um, attracted to that. Not that I thought I could do it, but it was a beautiful thing. Right. And so when I see this image of nuns, I was like, wow, they don't just do it a year. They do it for like their entire life. And um, I remember like I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, I- I'm sobbing alone because part of when I started praying it started to change my desires. Before that, I would do anything my friends said. Like, we're going to go out, we're going to party, we're going to do this crazy thing. There were times where I remember like driving home so with people that were driving so recklessly, I would think, I might die tonight. I wonder if I'm going to live. Things like that. So it was like I I would shut off my, my conscience to do these crazy things. And as I prayed... I could feel myself saying, no, I don't have to do, I don't have to be a slave to you who want me to do these crazy things. And as I made those decisions, though, um, sometimes I wasn't invited out. And sometimes I was home alone mm-hmm. on a Friday night, depressed. What does a high school girl do when she's depressed? Little Debbie oatmeal pies. Yum. Mm. Like, Four at a time. Good for the gut health, I hear. <laughs> it was terrible. But like, that was when I saw this movie. And I'm sobbing, I'm crying, and I'm like, gosh, I'm like, must I'm so emotional. Why am I so emotional? And I was I was being touched by the Lord. And I didn't have words for it then, but as I look back on it and and in prayer, I see God's providence, God's hand, God drawing me, God making a move on me. So like, yes, it was a boyfriend that started things, but the Lord kind of stepped in and was like, everything you want, I have. So you can stop looking. Mm. And that's not overnight. That's a gradual process, even like a dying to yourself of, of, I want to be included. I want to go out on a Friday night. Mm. I want to be, and that process, uh, being purifying. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, do I, I don't want to be a nun because if I say it out loud, Mm -hmm. then I'm a nun. No boy's going to want to date me now, you know? Um, So I didn't say a word to anybody, but again, God had this sneaky way of like finding me, inviting me to things where I met a girl who was going to be a sister, um, talked to her. And then I got invited to go and visit visit the daughters and who I had zero idea they even existed. And when we got to the place, it, I mean, our ministry at the time was a book and media center. It was basically, it looked like a store. A bookstore. It was a bookstore. And I'm like, I thought we were going to visit nuns. And in my head was what I saw in the movie. It was like a monastery, like a church. All these nuns, like floor length robes, long veils, mm-hmm. their head, you know, they were covered. And... I meet these like very talkative, outgoing, young sisters, 
offering me a Coca-Cola. I'm like, you even drink that? Like what? And in that realizing, um, I don't understand everything they're saying because my faith formation was pretty poor and simple, but I felt at home hanging around them. Mm. And that was, again, um, hard to describe, hard to even articulate what was going on. But in my heart, I felt peace and I felt at home. I couldn't deny that. So, Was your family supportive? They were trying to figure me out. Yeah. They were like, wait, you want, all you ever talk about is you want a job at the mall so you can get a good discount at the Gap. Mm-hmm. And here you are hanging with nuns. Who wear the um, same thing. Every, <laughs> every day. day. No makeup, which was also a whole different story. And, um, and you seem okay. You seem like you're happy. So my family, um, my mom especially, they didn't probe um, and in some ways, they even didn't ask like basic questions. So when I graduated high school, so I met the sisters when I was my latter part of junior year. Through my senior year, I would go when the sisters invited me. It was about a two and a half hour drive from my home. Um, so I had to really like I had a driver's license. Mm-hmm. I had to really go there. Um, but even in the midst of that, not really talking to my parents. So when I graduated high school, I called the vocation director and I was like, so what do you do? Like, what does a girl do if she's really serious? Like if she's thinking that this might be it, she said, talk to your parents, <laughs> like number one. And I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. About that. Yeah. And then she said, then there's, there's a process um, of, of actual entrance. Like you write, you write a biography, you know, she explained. Yeah. And I realized, oh, that's going to take time. So she said, yeah, go to college. Can you spell job? (laughs) No, I had a job. So it was like, keep working. Take responsibility for your life um, in the way that you can at, you know, at 18. And, And also, if you feel drawn to, date. But with your heart open to then looking at all your experiences and asking, um, is this fulfilling this desire that I do feel is I'm closer to fulfilling when I'm with the sisters? And she said, that's what you'll take to prayer. And it was so good for me. Um, so after that year, uh, I was a freshman in college. I was a fine arts major. And I would take moments of just like as I'm in class, in drawing, doing the thing, and knowing God had given me gifts in art. Even so, I could feel my heart was like, yes, but not what I really want. And so after that, I entered the formation program. And um, so, yeah, you're right. It's not a overnight thing. And you don't even, um, you aren't born wanting it. I think some people, when they're five, four. I've, I've seen stories, everyone's different, where mm-hmm. they're, little boys celebrating mass at age five. Yeah. And somehow there's a deep sense of, I just know God's will. Mm -hmm. And some people it's a tug of war Mm -hmm. and it's a long, Mm -hmm. more cloudy journey. Yeah. And, and everything in between. And I really, I feel, yeah, I was kind of young. I was a very young 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet that's my story. Does your family see 
how it's all panned out since. Yeah. One then. time I had a conversation with my mom and I was like, um, how are you with all this? You know, because in a way, when you discern to enter a religious order, you're asking your mom, your dad to sacrifice mm-hmm. things that they would have never dreamed they would have to sacrifice. Like my mom, she's going to have grandkids running all over the place. I was going to live nearby. I actually remember telling her, I'm never leaving Louisiana. There's too much here. And like, then I meet the sisters. But I remember we had a conversation and I was like, how, how you doing? And she said, Tracy, you know, all I can say is this, all we ever want for you and your brother is that you would be at peace and you would be happy. And she said, even from the very beginning, you would come home from like doing your retreats and doing, you know, all that stuff and, or visiting the sisters. And there was something about you that I knew was so real and you were happy. She's like, how could we stand in the, in, in front of that and say, no, you can't have that because we want this for you. Mm. She's like, you found what you were made for. And, and to this day, and now the cool thing is mom, my mom is like, she's mama to all of the sisters. So like she just, we were on the phone Saturday um, and I was like, you know, one, she makes the best pecan pies. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to brag. Pecan or pecan? Pecan. We say pecan. And um, she'll make these little, she'll make them small so that like all the sister, each sister gets like a oh, pie. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's this one who loves her pies but missed the boat. So she made another batch and now it's like, where are the pies? Did they make it? <laughs> did they make it to the mother house? I hope they did. Anyway. We've seen that in friends of ours who are religious sisters, who have family, who become sisters, uh, diocesan priests, where it's all of a sudden, like your family expands. It does. And there's a sacrifice. And that's why is. family is usually one of the biggest roadblocks to mm. vocation, mm. to the consideration of a vocation. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the sharing of the priesthood. Some families were like supportive Mm -hmm. and detached and some were like no like why would you ever do that yeah like belittling or even just no you can't you can't oh yeah and we've had we've had the whole range Mm -hmm. of the whole thing of like super supportive to um complete rejection and and they're everything in between and um when it comes down to it we are answerable to god and if, if the vocation is there, then we have, you know, each of us have the responsibility to respond and, um, and then pray, you know, pray for our families. Um, because sometimes it's a wound that we're not, it, we're not privy to how God is going to heal them. Mm, yeah. And we have to just trust that he is, he will. The cool thing too, is that, um, where I was discerning, mm-hmm for the diocese of St. Petersburg, the seminary was in Miami. Yeah. And so got connected. There's a Pauline books and media bookstore nearby mm-hmm. that one, one of the sisters was actually taking classes with us. Oh, so imagine a group of like 25 knuckleheads, mm-hmm. but then some of your classes, you've got a sister sitting mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. just everyone's behavior. It makes a difference. Everyone's hygiene, <laughs> like just a little bit like, Ups, oh, just, yeah, little up a notch go there. put deodorant on. For yeah, me. smart move. Um, so, yeah, I remember hanging around the bookstore. And then again, in God's comedy, I discerned the call to marriage. And then my wife and I write 
our first book with your order with Pauline mm-hmm. Books and Media. And this is, I feel like this book, the first one we did, we wrote in 2017, a marriage devotional called mm-hmm. Forever. This is, I feel like one of the dark horses we have like of our Jackie and I's ministry because I get people that message me and say, this this helped our marriage so mm-hmm. much. This helped our engagement. Some A few people have told me like this saved their marriage. Mm. Just having something intentional to pray and, and um, like get us to talk. Yeah. In the busyness of any life, mm-hmm. of your work and what you've got to juggle mm-hmm. to be like, we're going to set time intentionally for a God centered conversation sometimes mm-hmm. it takes like we need a third party we need some kind of structure to yeah we need like a, a a springboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i just i chuckle at god's comedy and i feel like i have been uh stuck with your order or you guys have been stuck with me <laughs> probably mutual <laughs> yeah for for a long time yeah thank god thank god i mean that's the whole thing it's like our mission is to provide um so much to the people, the people of God, as St. Paul would have. Like he was so passionate about his encounter with Christ that he used whatever means he could to to share that so that those individuals would come to an encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus. And, you know, as sisters, we're like facilitators, but we are not the only um, source, we have to collaborate as the body of Christ. And so it is beautiful how God can kind of make those connections happen. Um, and there, many times it's like humble, like we don't even know what he's up to. Right. And we do our best, we discern step by step, and thankfully, beautiful things come of it. And and that's the, also the power of the word is it's a seed, and the seed, if it falls on good ground, it bears fruit. And our job is to just keep generously tossing the seed of the word. Mm. And and the good thing about the word of God is it has staying power, especially in a book. Right. You know, some say books are, you know, um, of a time, but we believe that books are still so viable, so amazing because they carry treasures and they're hidden. But for those with eyes to see, ears to hear, it comes to them and it it can open doors. Yeah, that's beautiful. So stay tuned. Jackie is going to chat with you next and get yeah. deeper into discernment, vocation, all the things. Great. Stay tuned. <laughs>